Hello and welcome to episode one of my podcast, um, Digital and Blended Learning and What a Good Practice Looks Like. So I'm Helen Green and I'm here live with Saima Hanif, who is an ESOL lecturer at Hotwood College. Welcome, Saima. Hi, Helen. <laughs> nice to have you with us today. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. So as I've already gone through with Saima, we've got some questions to ask about digital and blended learning and good practice and what good looks like, what's maybe not so good, some of the challenges faced by the teaching staff on the ground. So we'll just get on with it. We'll just get into the questions. So Saima, yep. have you been delivering virtual live sessions? Yeah, definitely in the first lockdown, um, it was, we started off by just what I, what we did in the ESOL department was, was we either prepared packs for learners that wouldn't have access to digital, any kind of digital access whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that we did was um, we were able to communicate with learners via email. And we, I, what I did was prepared lessons and sent them like that. But then uh, we moved on to actually teaching virtually. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, it was quite a chaotic experience at the beginning because we'd never done anything like that before. And um, we had to learn how to use Zoom and learn how to mm -hmm. use Teams. And for me personally, I, I did use Zoom a lot more and I found it much more, I found it more suitable and I found it easier to use as well. I think it yeah. was quite clear how to use it. There, were, there weren't lots of fiddly things. Um, but with, in that second, in the first lockdown, in the second part of it, where we started teaching virtually, I did um, lessons almost daily, mm -hmm. um, twice, twice a day with, um, adult learners and okay. it was it was an experience <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think we could uh i think we could have sympathy with that <laughs> uh, very very new to everyone so you say you've been doing your at the beginning of a lockdown you'd sort of more describe that as like a blended mm -hmm. learning experience mm -hmm. or fully off-site remote yeah. but non-live experience right. but then that progressed into yeah. sort of live virtual mm -hmm. teaching via the zoom platform mm -hmm. and i'm assuming that that you know there was some training to be done with the learners and sort of getting them up to That's speed. That's right, yeah. I mean, I think one of the first things that I did was I looked at how Zoom worked and I had to identify what was going to be easy for them to use and what wasn't. And the thing with Zoom is that you can just send a link and it's clickable. You know, as mm. long as it's not got mm. a pass, it's not password protected, mm -hmm. it's easy. So they click mm. on the link and they join. And what I did was with each session that I did initially in the first two weeks was... I explained how Zoomed work. I'd sent an initial email so that they could read through it and they were aware of what the process was. Mm -hmm. uh, then when we did the first session, we got everybody on. It was learning that you've all got to be on mute. Mm -hmm. If you want to speak, how to raise your hand. So it went through a matter of going through those steps. I'd also prepared a guide and sent that out to them before the first lesson. So mm -hmm. it was quite clear. If you want to ask a question, you press this button. If you mm -hmm. want to unmute yourself, mm -hmm. you press this button. That was really helpful. Yeah. So, and it was with the adult learners. So, and it was entry three level, level mm -hmm. one learners who were second language. And for them, it was easy and clear to understand. Yeah. So they were able to use it. Yeah. And of course, the biggest thing was they didn't like to be on camera. They, mm -hmm. you know, it was a little bit, they were a bit mm -hmm. shy putting the video on, but I said to them, if I have to be on camera, you definitely have to work with me and be on camera. And I think that really helped all of us to sort of like get over our shyness and yeah. feeling a little bit, you know, uneasy about being on camera because it was a classroom setting. And mm -hmm. that's what I reminded them. And that helped a lot as well. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a matter of making sure in those initial sessions that they knew what the etiquette was for using Zoom mm -hmm. and that they, you know, they mm -hmm. came five to ten minutes early. Yeah. They stayed offline until I put 
myself on and then they came on and you know they had to be on time mm. i mean many times our lessons actually ran over mm-hmm. rather than stay on the time that because we were in, they were engaging yeah. so well and it was a dedicated time for their learning Absolutely. and they really enjoyed that so it was really good yeah so you sort of saying um sort of setting the scene making the mm-hmm. ground rules mm-hmm. you know setting out the premise of your lesson mm-hmm. so it didn't matter whether you were remote virtual yeah in the room that's right are you saying that was like a massively important thing Definitely. to set that scene, I set your it, ground yeah. rules? I think if you sort of go on it and you yourself don't know what you're doing or you're unsure, that mm. translates across really, really easily to the mm. learners. Mm. Um, because I'd done sort of the groundwork, I'd, I'd looked at what Zoom did. I did some online training via Zoom as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually reached out to a couple of people who possibly had used it, mm-hmm. checked what their experience was. I think that really helped me to feel confident about using it. And I did mm-hmm. a practice as well. Yeah. Um, with other colleagues so we practiced it we learned how to use it and we got comfortable with it ourselves but i think definitely it's very important for learners learners need to feel comfortable the same way they would be in your class and you yeah. welcome them with a smile and you talk to them in their first couple you know it actually doesn't matter if it's the first day or if it's week 14 mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. it was this week you you've got to get them comfortable yeah. you've got to make them feel welcome yeah so even though it was an online pro- platform they had to it was hi how are you how's mm. it going what have you mm. been doing or you know so this is what we're going to do and i did make sure that they knew what the session mm-hmm. was going to entail that was really important it wasn't going to be just we're all looking at each other <laughs> and i'm talking and you're listening it was this is what we're going to do first we're going to move on to this but throughout if you've got questions this is what you do that really helped because we kept the lesson format Indeed. it was still a lesson it wasn't we're having a zoom chat it was a lesson and they yeah. knew that yeah and that really really helped as well yeah that's fantastic um so you may have already sort of started to answer this but so from your sort of experience with virtual sessions and preparing and arranging blended learning mm-hmm. have you got anything in particular you want to share an example of something you're proud to share within the college and more widely as an example of good practice well what i did was one of the things that i did um that i think was really really helpful and useful there were two things actually first of all was that i recorded the zoom sessions that we did so if learners were not able to attend the session then I'd got permission from all the learners that actually attended the session. So we made sure that confidentiality was maintained, the recording mm-hmm. was kept secure, and the recording could only be accessed by the people that had the link. So if learners were unable to attend, because obviously COVID uh, was raging at that time, mm-hmm. it was it was prevalent, and we were in a serious lockdown, people couldn't mm-hmm. go out and do anything, mm-hmm. children were at home, and our adult learners are adults who men- they have many responsibilities, so mm-hmm. we recorded the sessions, and it was really, really helpful for people that hadn't been able to attend, so they could catch up, they could see what the content of yeah. the lesson was, they could do the work that they need to do, because all the work was available on its learning, or it had been emailed, mm-hmm. or both, so they had access to everything mm-hmm. that they possibly needed, and then they were able to still Mm. take part even if they'd not been able to actually attend Mm -hmm. the other thing was um a regular self-reflection which was really helpful i looked at what had worked and what hadn't and because i had um the same level two to three times a week it was interesting to see how i started off my first lesson at the beginning of the week and Mm -hmm. how i did my third lesson by the end of the week because it was literally a matter of learning and tweaking as i went along and it was really helpful but the other thing was to actually get the students to tell me what they felt worked and what didn't Mm -hmm. and it was really useful because 
the whole point of this was for them is for them to learn mm. for for me to give them what they needed so mm. if they were saying to me okay Simon, this has been really helpful can you just resend that work because we're not sure about it or give us some more explanation or mm -hmm. how do we use this again mm -hmm. so i was able to just keep on at them and the thing was we maintained regular communication yeah it wasn't all like usually when you're in the class they'll talk to you in class time and they don't contact you otherwise or they might send you the odd email yeah. whereas when it was virtual I actually had a lot more contact with learners. They were regularly emailing, asking right. questions, querying. And what I found was that the learners that engaged regularly over that period of time, when they came back in September, yeah. they hadn't lost what many other learners had lost that hadn't engaged. Mm -hmm. They were up to what they needed to be. Mm -hmm. They'd learned the skills that they needed to learn. They'd got all the language. They might not have yeah. physically taken an exam, but they had been prepared to progress, yeah. which was really, really good. I was really pleased yeah. about that. And I thought it was really useful because that disparity is very clear now with learners that engaged and those that didn't. Yeah, and that's, that's really interesting, So you know, to sort of see that for yourself mm -hmm. in real time mm -hmm. about learners yeah. engaging and actually still coming back in September with a, a, a level you would expect yeah. them to be at rather than yeah. having missed out yeah. on learning. Yeah. So you're saying in that sense, your remote delivery really, really helped your learners Definitely. keep on point absolutely i think be. it's really important i think yeah. i mean one of the major concerns was people losing what they need to learn yeah. losing that learning time and i completely understand it because when we came back in september it was you could see the large difference in mm -hmm. learners that had engaged consistently through the lockdown mm -hmm. and came into college in september and those that hadn't for different reasons, mm -hmm. maybe they had issues and they weren't able to engage. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they hadn't didn't have the technology to engage, yeah. um, or even you know, like, or yeah. maybe they just simply chose not to. They didn't feel comfortable. They didn't like that method of teaching. Mm -hmm. Whatever the reasons were, unfortunately, it did have an impact, yeah. and it's a matter of playing catch up now yeah. as well. So that sort of like led into what how I teach now and the changes that I've made okay. as well. Can I just to go back to a couple of points mm -hmm. you've talked, touched upon, just to clarify um, the um, virtual learning environment at yeah. Hopwood Hall College that we use quite widely across the college is its learning. That's and right. that's where you hosted your Zoom sessions from. So Not initially, no. Right. Not initially, because at that time um, I wasn't aware of how to embed a Zoom session into yeah. it. And mm -hmm. also because I'd initially made my own account with, yeah. with my college uh, yeah. email, but then I found out afterwards yeah. that we had a college account. So that was later on, but mm -hmm. it's learning definitely was a big part of yeah. what I did because it was where I stored all the work. I created resources in there. Mm -hmm. The students had regular access to it. It was updated. Yeah. So that was their resource bank and their tool to use to yeah. supplement what we'd done. Yeah. So if they missed it, they could access its learning. Yeah. They knew where to look, where to find it. Yeah. And then they could complete work and either yeah. submit it online or send it directly to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So you had them strategies in That's place right. and you learned and you adapted yeah. and trained yourself, yeah. sought advice yeah. as you were going along, which yeah. I'm sure many other people yeah, did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, but obviously, you kind of had to roll with what was happening absolutely, at that time. Absolutely. Respond and adapt to your learners. To I make had sure. the advantage because I'd been using its learning yeah. anyway. I mean, I, th yeah. I think I've used it pretty consistently for the last two years, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, before that, 
it there wasn't that much of a focus because we have ESOL and it's that matter of the language barrier. But mm. at the higher levels, I was using it not as well as I have been mm -hmm. in the last two years, mm -hmm. but I had been using it. But definitely yeah. in the last two that's years, that's something you've developed yeah, as right. yourself as a yeah. practitioner yourself yeah. and for the learners. Yeah, that's right. Well, an impact of that is yeah, is, but it's been a such a helpful experience. helpful tool because I didn't yeah. have to worry about then learning how to yeah. navigate its learning. I mean, there were changes yeah. that were made, but it was easy for me to yeah. understand them because yeah. i could i could manage that yeah and it was really helpful then yeah. so i had that advantage of being yeah. already a user of its learning yeah that's fantastic so just just sort of moving on from that is there anything you'd like to share sort of really getting into the sort of the nitty-gritty of things or anything you feel like didn't work so well for esol across the levels or in you know any, anything you feel like you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't recommend to another curriculum area for example i think for us, I mean, for us particularly with ESOL, our learners are second language. And the mm. biggest factor was if they did not have the digital skills, if mm. they didn't have the digital literacy, mm. then that was the first element. Mm. That was already a barrier. So if they didn't know how to log in and access the email, it's learning, use how to access those tools from home as well. Mm. That was the first barrier. So already yeah. we, were, we were on, a, you know, like a downward slope there. Um, the other thing was if they even had internet or Wi-Fi at home, if they didn't have mm -hmm. that, then they might be able to use it, but they couldn't access anything. Yeah. And then the third thing was actually having equipment, having yeah. either the appropriate smartphone or a tablet mm -hmm. or, a P or a laptop or PC mm -hmm. that they could use. Mm -hmm. These were all things that came up in the initial lockdown for us. Mm -hmm. So one of the th ways that we managed it was by by creating packs and sending them out to learners. Mm -hmm. But it, did, it didn't replace the learning because... Yeah you know learning is an interactive it's an interactive thing you cannot make it something on paper only and just expect people to be able to do it because mm -hmm. it's not going to happen no. it needs to be organic and it needs yeah. to work so for us the, the biggest issue was those three points about the accessibility using being able to actually get onto the, the sites that they need to <laughs> the equipment and the internet access um with learners that could do that we were able to provide some of them with laptops but then it was what i found was that adult learners would engage but the 16 to 18 year olds wouldn't mm -hmm. they found it some they just could not get into virtual learning they just found it so difficult um and it was a matter of for them only they were literally only learning via it's learning or email but they wouldn't come on they did not want to be on camera okay. um which was quite interesting considering you know like sort of the time that we're living in now where everything is on social media I was gonna say, it, is, it is interesting <laughs> in itself that yeah. sort of you well in a way it, it sort of makes a lot of sense that your adult learners are perhaps more again this is just purely sort mm -hmm. of a, a you know opinion but your adult learners maybe are more sort of committed to the court not necessarily committed but but they're more focused more and they're focused. more motivated yeah yeah with the, there with, is a difference with, the, definitely. With, with our younger people mm -hmm. although we think they're going to be sort of like oh put me on camera i'm on social media but, yeah is it is it is it sort of some a conclusion we've jumped to as a group of staff that our learners will engage just like that with yeah. us because of their age and perhaps that's not necessarily the case but again something yeah. to, I mean, so be, another interesting point to mm -hmm. sort of like look look into it'd be interesting to know did young people engage with ver yeah. online learning i mean with my son he was doing it from school so that was a different thing it was mandatory mm. they had to do it mm. and so that was a different thing mm. and it was it was the ethos mm. parents were making sure yeah. children were learning yeah. virtually 
But with 16 to 18 year olds, they've got a slightly different law sort of that applies yeah. to them where yeah. they will do what they want, but it all depends on if they want to do it yeah. or not. They have a choice. Yeah. And even though it's not a choice that we want them to have because we want them to learn, we've got to respect the fact that if they don't want yeah. to do it, we, we're not, we can't force yeah. it on them. Um, but the thing is that they, they love being in college. They love the actual environment of being with yeah. other people their age, yeah. engaging with their teachers, yeah. um, you know, face-to-face. Absolutely. That even they're on social media, it's just not the yeah. same for it's them, is the it? It's not the same, yeah. And again, just sort of touching on something you just said as well, which is a whole other realm, yeah. but a lot of it's to do with the, the ethos mm-hmm. of the home mm-hmm. life and mm-hmm. who is sort of perhaps... Um, standing behind them yeah. so to speak sort yeah. of directing yeah. them to do yeah. it because we know in, in, in some of our learners perhaps don't have that mm-hmm. exactly very difficult right. to manage right. yeah. you, you're not you, you sort of it's something that you that us as a group of staff are in control of no so that's it think. that's that's right because so, you no know, you're right there Helen yeah. because I mean with yeah. a lot of our 16 18 year olds they are here um as asylum seekers and refugees yeah uh, that's sort of like the contingent that we have and, yeah. they, and they don't have family members yeah. here which does have a really big impact yeah. as well. And then accessibility. I mean, like, they might have a smartphone, but they sort of find, find it a lot more challenging to learn on a smartphone Indeed. than use it for social media, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like that, for me, those were the particular issues in yeah. terms of how to manage things. Um, but for the lower levels, it was also like they, they didn't, they hadn't used computers that much in college they weren't that familiar with it yeah um so that had a really big impact on what we did come september then yeah for us yeah indeed uh just before we sort of go on to Mm -hmm. sort of september and sort of going forward from there talking about your zoom lessons Mm -hmm. and you're using that platform for your teaching is there any sort of other particular other things you built into your lessons? How did you what 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 did your lesson planning consist mm-hmm, of as mm-hmm. you as you sort of got more experienced? Yeah. How did your sort of couple of hours go with the learners and your interactivity? We used so what I did was I shared my screen and um, demonstrated like I went through the powerpoints with them and showed them handouts because what I had to do was all four skills because I teach reading, writing, speaking, listening and grammar and I had to ensure because I was responsible for that group so it wasn't another teacher also doing it usually people will have different skills so what I was responsible for was all of the all of their learning basically yeah so what I had to do was I negotiated it with the learners and we discussed it and what we did was in a three-hour session we would do speaking and listening activities Mm -hmm. we'd go over grammar Mm-hmm. But then what I would do was we'd spend an hour and we'd go through, run through what the reading would entail and what they would be required to do mm-hmm. and to go through the writing task and how they would have to uh, send it back to me. And mm-hmm. that was really, really helpful and practical. So we, what I did was then any lessons that I did, uh, PowerPoints were shared using the share screen function. Yeah. Um, and like I, you know, if I wanted them to look at something in particular, I'd share my screen and show them a desktop and say, this is where it is on its learning. This is how you do it. If yeah. you want to send it via email. So that modeling and yeah, demonstration. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I did was we actually did speaking and listening lessons. So we used the breakout rooms to have group mm-hmm. discussions mm-hmm. where I'd drop in and I'd see how they were doing. Yeah. They had to still, I mean, like I sort of kept more or less the same template of what I was teaching. Yeah. But I adapted it so it fit a Zoom session. Uh-huh. so it was small groups having group discussions and using breakout rooms and we did a trial yeah. we, you know we did it a couple of times this is what a breakout room is this is what will happen when you're on screen this is what will come up when you come and come out of it so that was helpful mm-hmm. and uh, then we also uh, like actually doing listening 
So, which was a little bit, you know, everyone was like, you're going to do listening lessons? And I said, it's not that wild, you know. <laughs> you can do it because you can share your audio, yeah. which was something that I yeah. learned as as I was learning to use yeah. it. I Again, learned you're, that, you're adapting as you're going along as right. well. And that absolutely yeah. is what is what happened with but, a lot of people. Yeah, that's, that's it, exactly. Because yeah. it was literally, I mean, like, there was a lot of, you know, sharing of information, how to do things, how to use Zoom. There was, it was like, it was a barrage, really. But it was a matter of sifting through what you needed that applied to you. Because it's all well and good learning how to use Teams, but if you're not using it for your lessons mainly, there's no point in taking all that time yeah. and effort and using it. So I know how to use Teams. Yeah, It's great for what it is, but for me, Zoom worked better with my learners yeah. and they would always choose it yeah. over Teams because it's more accessible to them. Yeah. It's literally click a link on yeah. an email or on a page and that's it rather yeah. than actually going into yeah. a different yeah. no, no. piece of software yeah. to access yeah. it. Um but yeah, um, that that was definitely something that was useful was being able to share the audio and then do listening uh, classes with them and doing, you know, like recorded audio and getting them to listen to the gist and general information, yeah. actually marking off answers and then feeding back and checking things. And then I also uploaded the recordings that converted them to yeah. MP3, uploaded them onto its yeah. learning and then they could actually then go and do a little yeah. further yeah. practice and review yeah. on that as well. So yeah. that was really helpful. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. So just sort of moving on again now to sort of, you know, from the arrangement sort of put in place from mm -hmm. September 2020, mm -hmm. how do you feel this has impacted your role as an experienced teacher? Well, it was, <laughs> it was definitely something different and new because I love having, you know, a big class and, uh, you know, I like, you know, meeting all the people, learning where they're from, getting them to in engaging sessions, asking them questions, getting them comfortable and doing that. And we started off with, um, first we had to arrange how we were going to teach. So the decision was made that 16 to 18 year olds mm -hmm. were going to be uh, the normal full-size classes and that the adult groups would be just bubbles of six. So we'd recruit the 18 to 20 that we would normally recruit, but yeah. then they'd be split into bubbles. So um, whoever was responsible for the uh, bubble A would then do all the skills with them and whoever was responsible for bubble B would do all the yeah. skills with them and that was a blended model that was used with yeah. them whereas yeah. with the uh, young group with the young learners the 16 to 18 year olds it was <clears throat> full teaching on a full yeah. timetable as normal and it was an interesting contrast because you had these young learners that were coming in mm -hmm. and it was a matter of with both um cohorts it was a matter of first of all establishing health and safety rules yeah and enforcing them yeah. and that was literally drilling it into them yeah. and the thing was yeah first i had to know and you know do that yeah. and enforce it myself again more changes yeah. more adaptations yeah, absolutely sort of learning as you go as a teacher and then having to pass that on yep that's it yeah. and it was checking things as well because you know in the first couple of weeks if someone coughed it was if they if you think they've got covid they need to go home and i was like well i don't know if they've got covid yeah. but they yeah. don't they're not yeah. well so we we had to do yeah. that yeah. um and that was one of the biggest things that impacted on learning and yeah. engagement was covid related absences yeah. and the, the the attendance that yeah. the impact on attendance at the end of the day but just going back to class sizes that's what we did we had bubbles yeah. with the adults and we had um the full cohort for the young learners that came in on a full timetable yeah. as well whereas adults only came in once a week yeah the young learners were in like four yeah. or five days a week yeah uh for their full yeah. timetable yeah. so it was a it was a big change that was yeah did you decide that as a sort of a as a department 
we had these discussions. We'd been yeah. we'd had discussions from like when we did had our admin weeks back yeah. in July, August. Um, we'd sort of we'd raised the to, uh, the sort of models that could be used and what the benefits would be and yeah. how they would work and who they would work with. Mm-hmm. And I think then when we actually because we had the young learners in as a full time yeah. basis, we had to negotiate how we were going to manage the bubbles. Yeah. And then that's when we sort of said, well, in lockdown, we had one tutor that was managing it mm-hmm. all let's keep it at that yeah. you know it worked really, really yeah something well. you've already yeah. tried although yeah. it was and like virtually absolutely sort of implementing that that's into right. the physical so it was a matter of we had to teach for the three hours and mm. then provide three hours of guided learning for the learners mm. the issue with that came with the things that i mentioned about equipment accessibility yeah. and internet mm. access mm. so what we had to do was I mean, one of the things I established first of all was, do you have a smartphone at least? That was the bare minimum they need to have. And, you know, luckily they did. Most phones now, most people will have a smartphone. It's, it's, It's like a... A unicorn, yeah. you know, like to see someone with, <laughs> Without, you know, an, an Ericsson or a Nokia that doesn't have the smart access. Yeah. My eighty-seven-year-old nan, has <laughs> got so, one of them. There you go, things. exactly. So, you know, in that respect, it was good. But then the next thing was for me was to ensure that they knew what the college websites were. So the three things that I wanted to make sure they knew was how to get onto their college email because I yeah. want them to use it and not their private email because private email is going to quarantine. Don't yeah. get them till 24 hours later. Yeah. So using Office 365, yeah. what the accessibility is, understanding what their email mm. is, what their password is, getting their password sorted out. Yeah. Then it was, it's learning. Are they on the right course? Do they know how to access yeah. it? Log in with Office 365, yeah. not with it's learning. It was yeah. literally all these things. So we, I produced a PowerPoint yeah. and I produced like a little handout for them, which I said, right, if you don't remember, this yeah. is what you keep and obviously there yeah. were difficulties because yeah. people would forget the password or they'd put it in the wrong way or because many of them are from abroad their vpns were for a different country yeah so they couldn't then get restrictions and they're like yeah. it's not working can't get on it. so yeah so there were like lots of teething yeah. problems but the thing was every single one we found a solution to it and like by week two by week mm. three everybody that i taught and i'm, I'm not going to speak for anybody else because it is i'm only speaking about my yeah. groups but everybody that i taught knew that they yeah. had to be able to access yeah. their college email they had yeah. to be able to get onto its learning and then many of them downloaded the hotwood life app as well yeah. just because it was a college app yeah. and it had you know announcements and timetable changes yeah. and so on so especially the young learners yeah. got hotwood life app the adults like they got mm-hmm. it but it wasn't like a massive thing if they didn't and then what i did was to ensure that they were using it i put every single piece of work, everything that I used in my yeah. classes, I put it on its learning. Yeah. And I said, if you've missed the work, you need to go on its learning and then you can go and print it from its learning, go to the library yeah. and print it off. Yeah. And it was, what? What are we doing yeah. here? And I said, oh yeah. yeah, you know, we, you know, yeah. you know, we did a whole lesson on climate change, said save the environment. We're not, you know, we don't want to be printing off lots and lots of things. You've got, a, you know, you've got a credit yeah. of 10 pounds. Do you need to print it? If you do, okay, go and get a yeah. copy of it. Yeah. So that really helped because I wasn't, just sort of saying, oh, you know, all right, here's a copy of this and here's a mm-hmm. copy of that. It was, this is what we've done. This is what we've learned now. We've done this, so go back and review it. It's on its learning. And then you can do these additional activities to supplement what you've done. So that really, really helped because it wasn't just, oh, go on it just to look at work that you've already got on paper. Mm-hmm. It was go on it for the PowerPoint that you don't have 
that's there that's got all the information yeah. on go on it to look at the links that simon's put on so you can click on them and do a bit of practice and what they started doing now is they actually go on and check what i've put on so they already know what yeah. i'm going to be teaching yeah. or they've got an idea of yeah. it they'll go on and yeah. do some like practice themselves so yeah. they and, they, and it's and it's great i yeah. i love it i don't have an issue at all that they've gone and done yeah. some being proactive and learned and yeah. read something more but, about it but i think what what i feel like i'm getting from you there is about you've just like you did online virtually like you would in your classroom like you would do with your adapted uh, yeah. model of yeah. delivery for esol is that you would you trained your learners yeah. on the on Definitely. the systems that they needed to use you prioritized certain mm -hmm. things like that your routines mm -hmm. again sort of a testament to your routines that they know their learning materials mm -hmm. are mm -hmm. going to be on on mm -hmm. on the vl they know which week they're on yeah, as well they know what week they're them. on they know where to go yeah. so it, it's a testament to your sort of dedication to that really i think that of is one of the one of the yeah. things i think helen that i've got to say is it's got to be consistent. I mean, yeah. I, I actually put it down because it was a matter of be clear with the learners and be consistent yeah. with them. Because if you do something once and then you're not doing it again and you're not being consistent, yeah. they aren't going to be yeah. consistent either. Yeah. So because I made it very clear that we're using it every week, anybody that yeah. comes in new, the, literally everybody else will tell them, right, yeah. you need to this make sure you do we, this. Yeah. This is what you've got to do. And that then, peer support. And then I, yeah, yeah, exactly. So they've got the peer yeah. support, but then I'll be also saying, so what you need to do is let yeah. me reset your password, right? So yeah. we need to access this and this. Let's mm. look at the problems. Mm. And it's literally managed straight off and straight away. So yeah. they know that they've got to do that. And uh, that's one of the things that I can say to definitely recommend is that be consistent and be clear about yeah. what, you, what your expectations are. Yeah. Because I always... I, I, you know, I have high expectations because I want them to succeed. So mm -hmm. I'll tell them, you can do it. It's a matter of, are you, yeah. do you want to do it? It's just, it yeah. comes down to that. And if you want to, you will. And yeah. that's the thing. And they do, that's the thing. They work really, really hard. Mm. They use what's there. I mean, like even with Zoom, if they, they can put it onto their phone, download the app yeah. and put it on their phone. And then that also has a chat function. So if they've got a question, like one of my learners sent me a message yesterday saying, do we have any requirements for the class on Friday? Do we have any homework? Have I missed anything? Yeah. So it's like, no, no, you can just review what you've done. He goes, all right, that's great. Thank you yeah. so much. So it also provides a little bit of an additional tool of communication yeah. where it's, because it's in their hand and it's in their phone, yeah. they can do it's that. Right but then there. it's the same with its learning app. Yeah. They can send messages and, you know, it's free enough to explain yeah. that to them. These are all the ways yeah. you can communicate with me and yeah. I will respond yeah. to you because... If you're not going to respond to them, they're going to stop, tech, you know, sending you messages on uh, it's learning or sending you emails. But they know I will respond and I do respond to them. And that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. That's what it comes down yeah. to. That they get the responses yeah. that they need and the, and the encouragement that they need as well. Yeah. No, it's fantastic that. And it's just a testament to your teaching. But Thank you. just to sort of finish off, I think that like one of your bottom lines there sounds to me is that no matter what method of delivery, mm -hmm. the curriculum model, it's that clear, consistent mm -hmm. message, mm -hmm. that upskilling on systems Absolutely. and the continuation of that. And, and that massively helps yeah. for your learners to be successful. Absolutely. I mean, they've set up a study group and they actually created the you know like they learned how to the because they all had zoom accounts they asked how do we make you know how do we set up a meeting i showed them so what one of the groups does now is on a weekly basis especially when they've got a task that they've got to complete at home they get together and have a zoom meeting and they help and support each yeah. other which for me is fantastic because yeah. i think that's trying you know like basically it's just going ahead and like 
transferring skills that yeah. they've picked up in yeah. class with Something me and learned. using it in a yeah. way that's going to help them with their learning and use it in a way to collaborate yeah. outside Absolutely. the classroom in Absolutely. a virtual way i mean there we go it's fantastic job done simon <laughs> anyway so i think we're kind of good to leave it there unless there's anything else you want to add about any particular challenges faced in your role or the subject area is there anything sort of particular you'd like to bring up that you'd like to share in that sense I think one of the biggest challenges for us was um, it might, I don't know if it sounds right or not, but for us, it, for me, it was the workload and within the department mm -hmm. as well because preparing four sessions worth of work for one group mm -hmm. uh, and not teaching it either mm -hmm. was quite challenging. Yeah. And especially when it was subjects that we hadn't taught before, yeah. that was difficult. And it was a matter of being able to share resources. And the thing is that every teacher teaches differently yeah. and every teacher has a different rapport with their learners. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that I found was that the way I work and the way somebody else might work is definitely very different. Yeah. And learners respond to teachers Absolutely. differently as well. Yeah. It's not the same way. Mm -hmm. um, so what you call it for me, one of the biggest things was I, I wanted to make sure that the standard of their learning was the same, mm -hmm. regardless of if I was teaching them or not. Yeah. So I may, had to make sure that in that three hours that I had them, the same as if I'd been virtual yeah, in, in class, they were getting that same level of mm -hmm. learning and then they were able to use it independently and yeah. like you said, collaborate out of class and discuss yeah. things and, you know, like make the study groups on Facebook or WhatsApp yeah. and then use Zoom to collaborate and yeah. so on. That was really important. But the workload in terms of admins, you know, like not teaching, but the admin mm -hmm. side of it, the additional tasks, the monitoring of students, mm -hmm. the, you know, like managing the absences, yeah. that was huge yeah without a doubt that was yeah. huge because yeah. there were high expectations from management which i understand at the end yeah. of the day they wanted things to go well but the thing is that there came points when it was just overwhelming yeah and yeah. And, and and it was overwhelming and yeah. it was exhausting mentally yeah. and physically mm. and i think what i did was I'm, i just tried to ensure that i focused on what I needed to do and anything that was extraneous, mm -hmm. I didn't involve myself yeah. in it. And mm -hmm. I think that's what helped me yeah. to sort of maintain yeah. that balance. Otherwise, yeah. it's so easy to get caught up yeah. in so many additional yeah. things. I mean, if, and if you're not maintaining your own balance and taking Absolutely. care of your own well-being, then sort of how are you meant to sort of continue with your delivering yeah. and, maybe, yeah. and, and being that person yeah. for your learners? Because it is it's it's very, difficult. very difficult. It very is difficult. difficult. I mean, like the thing is that, you know, as teachers, you want to be there with your learners, working with them. Yeah. You don't want to be sort of producing something that they're going to do themselves and not know how they're doing it and what yeah. they're doing. And mm. I think for me, the biggest challenge was mm. not having my full group. Yeah. Because when I got my full group, they did not know what my teaching style was and I didn't know them. And it was something that I sort of had to raise and say, yeah. like, you know, okay, whatever is going to happen next, you need to give me a couple yeah. of weeks with, with this group now as a whole yeah. for them to know what yeah. I'm like and for me to yeah. know what they're like. And, uh, is this, you say you're talking now about how how the, how the it's gone from September Absolutely. and how, how the curriculum model has adapted Absolutely. and you've invited more people yeah. back into yeah. college. And that certainly, obviously, yeah. again, has an impact on your yeah. role. Because I had to do everything that I did class. in September with, yeah. with the second bubble yeah. that I hadn't taught. Yeah. And that was, a, you know, for them, it was a massive learning yeah. curve because yeah. the things that I wanted them to be able to do, yeah. they might not have done those things before. Yeah. And so it was literally, like I said to the group that I'd had, a, and I, used to, I literally got to the point where it was my bubble, 
can you sort of support the learners like that and i said and i said and i said to them please don't mind because the thing is they know and they can help you and support you and you guys need to work together as a team so it was obviously we had to maintain social distance we you know like they all kept the masks on and yeah. however but yeah they still supported each other even if it was from a two foot you know like yeah. two meter distance yeah they supported each yeah. other which was a really important thing yeah as well yeah. for them no simon you know what it's been fabulous talking to you no it's problem. such a pleasure to hear you speak <laughs> about your learners your practice your experience in lockdown and how things have gone since september so i do thank you for that no problem at and all. and we are very 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 grateful for My your pleasure, contribution <laughs> And we'll see you very soon. Thank you. <laughs>there you have it the perspective from an ESOL lecturer teaching young people and adults delivering virtually and physically using different curriculum models that have had to adapt as they went on their way using different platforms different teaching strategies to help their learners be as successful as they possibly can be even in the face of the adversity of the pandemic and the challenges that has brought us all. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Please watch out for the next episode.